savor the moist mist as it ever so softly sprays your skin and sprinkles your soul with soothing sensations. We'll experience the extraordinary energy while we get a whiff of the fragrance of frothy water on our faces. Go with the flow. We'll get to know renowned Niagara Falls like never before on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI for your English. We are almost at our 50th episode. I can't believe that I've already put together almost 50 episodes of this show. I'm so glad you guys are enjoying it. And remember, let me know the topics you want to hear in the future because I love learning about all kinds of different things. You guys can drop me a line on Patreon at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso, or you can follow me on social media and drop me a line over there. You can find all my social media sites at my website. It's albertoalonso.com, and there you'll find links to my YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all that jazz. Y todo eso. Today we are going to North America, my neck of the woods. Mi zona is my neck of the woods. That's right. We're going to New York, but not New York City. We're going to upstate New York, como se llama, upstate New York, and Canada, where we'll find the amazing Niagara Falls. That's right, one of nature's wonders that everybody around the world goes to see. They flock to it. To flock is ir en masa. And it's no wonder, it's no wonder significa que no es una sorpresa, that it gets over 8 million visitors a year. That's right, the Niagara Falls State Park, un parque natural, it's, uh, as you guys know, a state park or a national park is how we would say Parque Natural. And if you haven't heard it, there's an episode on national parks as well, if you're a nature lover like me. But 8 million people. I mean, that's a number that's hard to fathom. Fathom is entender, comprender. And as in most episodes, I've been to the places that I'm talking about. Well, I have never been to Niagara Falls. And my family went one year, but I don't know why. I don't remember getting invited to that. Hmm, I've got a bone to pick with my family. A bone to pick with someone means, tenemos un tema pendiente ahí. And I was even going to go there. I was at the hotel's website. I was about to book a room. You can say to reserve or to book a room. And we decided at the last minute, at the last minute means in el último segundo, that we weren't going to go through with it. So we didn't make the reservation. And part of it was because we were visiting my family in the States and we wanted to spend time with them. And also because it was brutally cold. If I recall correctly, it was in December. So let's take a look at the intro because as you know, I always sprinkle and we looked at the word sprinkle when we talk about water. We're going to look at that actual word in the intro today. 
but the intro is sprinkled with tons of vocabulary. I started out by saying, savor the moist mist. And there I am with my alliteration. Savor sounds like a word in Spanish, doesn't it? Saborear, savor. To savor something means to really enjoy it. Savor the moist mist. And I know this is a bit of a reach. Es un poco rebuscado, but I wanted to use that double alliteration. I imagine all mist is moist. And the word mist is neblina o niebla, and moist is húmedo. Then I said it ever so softly. Ever so softly is a poetic way of saying tan ligeramente. Ever so softly sprays your skin. And to spray, te suena como una palabra, el spray, right? But we don't say spray, we say spray. It sprays your skin, tu piel, and sprinkles your soul with soothing sensations. And we know the word sprinkle from past episodes. Your soul is tu alma and soothing sensations. Well, if something is soothing, it's tranquilizante. It's relaxing. It's soothing. Although, as I researched this, some people would say that Niagara Falls wouldn't necessarily be categorized as soothing because the sound, I mean, the decibel level of those falls is out of control. Then I went on to say, we'll experience the extraordinary energy while we get a whiff. And a whiff is a smell, a whiff of the fragrance. ¿Te suena como otra palabra? Fragrancia? Fragrancia? Fragrance. Yo no sé si lo he pronunciado bien en español, pero vosotros sí en inglés. Fragrance of frothy water. And frothy, if you remember our beer episode, frothy means con espuma. You can also say foamy. Frothy or foamy water on our faces, en nuestras caras. And then I said an expression that I not only love, but it's my motto, mi eslogan, and it's go with the flow. And esto es déjate llevar. It obviously has to do with a river. Go with the flow. Then I said, we'll get to know. To get to know es llegar a conocer a alguien. So you know your friends now, but I imagine there was a period when you were getting to know each other. No, El proceso de conocerse is to get to know someone. And I think it's a very famous song. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Then I said the renowned, renowned is de renombre, renowned Niagara Falls. And at the end, I said, like never before, como nunca. So where does the word come from, Niagara? Because it's interesting. You look at it and it's Niagara, right? But we pronounce it Niagara, Niagara, that second, no, that, yeah, that second A, there are three A's in the word. The second A is basically silent. Niagara, Niagara. The word Niagara is derived from the Iroquois Indian word, which is, I'm going to try and pronounce this, on Guayahara, on Guayara, which means the strait. The strait is el estrecho. And a good way to remember this one is, eh, fuimos directamente por el estrecho. We went straight through the strait. They're not spelled the same, but they sound exactly the same. 
So I've heard of Niagara Falls all my life, but I had no idea where the word came from. And as many things in the United States, it has an American Indian influence. But what makes Niagara Falls so popular? I mean, it's not the tallest waterfall in the world. And look at that word too, waterfall, catarata, waterfall, caída de agua. I mean, it can't be more logical than that. But it's not the tallest, no. And just in case you're wondering, por si te preguntabas, the tallest is the Denmark Strait Cataract. Catarata. So I didn't know. I never heard that word used like that. For us in the United States, cataracts is something that happens to your eyes. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen to your eyes. So it's not the tallest. It could be argued that it's not the prettiest either. You could say Iguazu or the many other beautiful waterfalls that there are in the world. But what is one of the most astounding things about Niagara Falls is the incredible volume, volumen, the volume of water that runs over that falls at a given time, no? en un tiempo dado. It's deafening, and something that is deafening makes you go deaf, te hace sordo. So remember, in the beginning I said, oh, it's soothing. Yeah, maybe if you're like 50 meters or 200 meters or even further away from the falls, but if you're up right next to the falls, it is deafening. Some people recommend you use earplugs. And just to give you an idea of the sheer size, tamaño, of this, well, at its tallest point, it's 51 meters tall. Now, if you guys are familiar with a bowling pin, los bolos, the pin, well, think about 150 of those on top of each other. That's 51 meters. So it's pretty astounding. According to the figure I looked up, uh, 2,832 metric tons of water per second flows over the falls. Now, think about that. Let's say it again. 2,832 metric tons, toneladas, per second. That is powerful. That is incredible. No wonder people are in awe. In awe is to be completely in shock, but in a positive way. Now, here's something a lot of people don't realize as well. Niagara Falls is not just one fall. No, it's not one waterfall. It's made up of three waterfalls. From largest to smallest, the largest is the Horseshoe Falls. And a horseshoe is a very logical word in English. I think you say herradura. Well, in English, it's zapato de caballo, a horseshoe. And that's also known as, a.k.a. the Canadian Falls, because it's on the Canadian side of the border, la frontera. Then you've got the American Falls and the Bridal Veil Falls. And that's interesting because bridal is de novia and veil is the thing that they put in front of their face, you know, before they get married. So uh, it's got kind of a romantic naming, horseshoe, bridal veil, the American Falls. Okay, that one wasn't as creative, was it? And to give you an idea of the width, el ancho, the width of all three of those falls together, that would be about 1,204 meters. Now remember, that's always shrinking, haciéndose más pequeño, and that's due to, debido a, 
erosion. And we're going to look at that in the bonus part of the show. We're going to talk about what the experts are saying, scientists, about uh, what's happening and what can be done. Many experts are saying that something needs to be done to protect this wonder of nature called Niagara Falls. I told you in the United States, it is sitting on what is called a national park, a state park, and it is the oldest state park in America. It was established in 1885. They called it the Niagara Reservation. And that I didn't know. I remember when I was looking at the episode on national parks, I didn't get that fact for some reason. But hey, at least we realize it now. The oldest state park in America, Niagara Falls State Park. And there is a Central Park connection as well. And I'm going to tell you all about that Central Park connection in the bonus part of today's show. Remember, guys, if you want access to bonus audio, PDFs with the vocabulary and the worksheets, and even classes with me on a weekly and monthly basis, find out more about joining our community and becoming a patron. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Take a look around and let me know if you have any questions. And that said, I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons. They make this show possible. So a shout out to all of you and my super duper students, Francisco, Sabela, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you from the bottom of my heart. I'm glad to see you guys so eager, so excited about learning English. So keep up the great work. And as I said, if you guys want to find out more about joining my curious community, then go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And if you want a free sample, just let me know. There's also a connection with the Great Lakes, and we've talked about the Great Lakes in past episodes, too. Those four lakes are Lake Superior, Michigan, which is uh, in Chicago, Huron, and Erie. And then later on, it empties into Lake Ontario. And I was lucky because I used to go fishing with my father on Lake Ontario. So I've never been to Niagara Falls, but I have been to Lake Ontario, which is the same water from Niagara Falls. Does that count? No? No. Okay. All right. Well, I tried, you know. But here's an interesting fact about the Great Lakes. The five Great Lakes make up almost one-fifth, un quinto, one-fifth of the world's fresh water supply. So talking about preservation, why do we have to take care of this stuff and make sure that it lasts not just for another generation or two, but forever? And speaking of forever, it hasn't really been there forever. To be honest, 12,000 years, okay, you and I think about it. We say, wow, 12,000, 12,000, that's crazy. Yeah, but geologically speaking, 
That's peanuts. Eso es muy poco. A measly 12,000 years old. I'm just joking. It's not measly. Measly is misero. But, I mean, 12,000 years is not too long when you look at the big picture, como decimos. El panorama completo, the big picture. And they were formed at the end of the last ice age. No, I'm not talking about the movie Ice Age. I'm talking about the real ice age. And there were torrents or streams of water that were released, obviously, and it melted the ice, and it started to drain. And this is a really important word to know as well. To drain is to get the water out of something. And in the bonus part, we're going to take a look at what they found when they drained the falls. Yeah, you're not going to believe it, but they stopped the falls from running, and they drained it. And what they found at the bottom is going to shock you. And we'll take a look at that, as I said, in the bonus part of today's show. But one thing that we haven't talked about yet that we really need to talk about is the power. This hydroelectric power, as it's called. Ever since the mid-18th century, people were looking at this, you know, this marvel and saying, we got to find a way to harness that energy, to capture that energy. And to harness, I think in this case, would be aprovechar esa energía. So you started to see these mills, and a mill is un tipo de fábrica. And the expression run of the mill is muy ordinario, nada especial, run of the mill. This is not a run of the mill podcast. But the first ventures, ventures son como proyectos, well, they went bankrupt. It didn't go well for them because people just couldn't tame. And to tame is what someone does to an animal, a lion, for example. I believe the word in Spanish is domar, to tame. So they were looking at ways to tame these falls and be able to channel that energy. And people such as Edison, Tesla, they became obsessed. And they, of course, they said, wait, if I'm the guy who's able to channel that energy, who's able to harness the power from those falls, I'm going to be huge. I'm going to be huger than I was. And as you guys know, it's something called the battle of the currents. It's the battle between AC, alternating current, and DC. Personally, I like both of them. I love AC-DC. <laughs> well, the first ones to get the contract were a guy named Nikola Tesla. You guys know him, Tesla. And George Westinghouse. I'm sure that last name rings a bell too. Osuena también. And this was in 1885. They created the world's first hydroelectric power plant at Niagara Falls. Everybody wanted that honor, but it was Nikola Tesla and George Westinghouse who finally had it. And I think that's a good thing because if you look at this story, The Battle of the Currents, it seems like Thomas Edison was always on top and Nikola Tesla was the underdog, el menos favorito. So this is a win for the underdog. 
And to this day, harnessing that power is such a huge part of what happens over there in that area, both on the Canadian side and on the American side. They have an international treaty, I think you say tratado, that the flow of water over Niagara Falls is reduced at night. Now, I had no idea. I mean, it's insane if you think about it. It's like a tap, un grifo, and they can turn it on and turn it off. And the reason they agreed on this treaty was for the simple reason of that during the day, they want the waterfall and this tourist attraction to have its original beauty. They don't want to take anything away from it. No le quieren quitar nada, which is understandable. So they wait till nighttime when everybody's sleeping and then they plug in and they get their juice. And juice is another way of saying electricity. Now, we've mentioned this a little bit, but now let's get into it a little bit more. The tourism, because obviously tourism is a huge part of it. Obviously, the hydroelectric plants, uh, they're making big bucks, but tourism brings in big bucks as well. And I've heard some good and bad things, and I'll tell you what I've heard. First things first, you need to avoid the winter time. I mean, we're talking about the north of the United States, the south of Canada. We're talking about frigid temperatures. You are going to freeze your tukus off. And tukus is another way of saying culete. Also, I heard from a very reliable source, una fuente de quien eh, es muy fiable, and this is my mother and my other family members who went up there and didn't invite me, I'm not bitter. <laughs> um, and they told me it was tacky, ortera. They told me that it was kind of, uh, it let them down. It disappointed them. Les decepcionó. It was full of theme restaurants and chains and a very kind of corporate but cheesy, tacky kind of vibe, vibraciones. And I trust my mom. If she says that, it must have been pretty tacky. But also, I also heard something when I listened to another podcast that talked about this, where they compared the Canadian side with the American side. And they said that the Canadian side is more tourist friendly. It's all about tourism. Whereas the American side is more industrial. There are a lot more plants and all these, as I said, hydroelectric plants. But even though there are a lot of plants, these plants were designed in a beautiful decor. You know, this kind of, uh, I remember seeing some art deco. They had Italian marble. Marmol is marble. So if you ask me, I would, I love engineering. I would prefer to go over to the American side and see all these amazing architectural marvels that are also engineering marvels. I mean, you can go to Veeps or Planet Hollywood anytime. But I think if you're going to go there, you've got to visit both sides anyway, the Canadian side and the American side. Why not? I mean, how many times in your life are you going to be there? Another thing I did not know is it's the honeymoon capital of the world. The same way Las Vegas, another episode that you can listen to, by the way, is the uh, the bachelor party or bachelorette party capital of the world. Well, the honeymoon capital is this place. And I guess so. It's romantic. What's more romantic than a beautiful view? But be careful if you take a walk late at night because, well, there's a lot of crime. That's what I heard. 
and we're going to talk about the dark side. We're going to talk about the prostitution, some of the crime. We'll talk about some serial killers that stalked the area as well. There's always a dark side to everything, and, well, I like to explore it. And we'll do that in the bonus part of the show. Now, we can't talk about the Niagara Fall adventure without talking about going over the falls. No, yendo eh, sobre ellos. Now, we don't recommend this, but many people have done it. And I looked into it, lo investigué, and if you survive, you have to survive first, and people have survived. We're going to talk about a teacher, a 60-something-year-old teacher who went over, the first person to go over the waterfall in a barrel and survive. And we're going to talk about her in the bonus part, but, well, she started a trend, let's say, and now they're ready for you. Now, there is a fine. There's no set fine. No es como, tiene que ser tanto por tirarte. But if you, if <laughs> the likelihood, la probabilidad that you survive, you'll get a fine. Imagine that, you know, you, you come out of the falls at the bottom and there's a police officer waiting for you saying, okay, sir, that'll be $600, please. And you're like, I think I broke my arm and my neck. <laughs> well, you can get a maximum fine, uh, a fine is una multa, of $5,000 or six months in jail or both. So I wouldn't recommend you go over the falls. Uh, whether it's in a barrel, jumping, just don't do it. A, because it's extremely dangerous, and B, if you do survive, they're going to give you a fine and you might even go to jail. I don't know what's worse. A must when you're in the area is going on the Maid of the Mist. And the Maid, la matrona, the Maid of the Mist is a boat. Uh, well, a boat that's based on a legend. And, well, back in the day, this was in the uh, early 1830s, they used to use small rowboats. And row is to remar. So a rowboat son de remos. And los remos are called oars. So they would use a rowboat to go back and forth and ferry people back and forth. But in 1846, they realized, like they said in the movie Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. So they decided to invest in a steamboat ferry that could transport people, luggage, mail, cargo. And she was christened, to be christened is bautizado, the maid of the mist. And to this day, that's one of the top attractions because the boat brings you right up to the falls and you can feel that mist on your face like never before. I'm dying to go, but we'd better hurry up because as I said earlier in the show, the falls are shrinking. Little by little, they're losing a lot of their size and they're moving back. And well, that's natural. That's the way life works. But about 30 centimeters per year uh, due to erosion, the falls are losing 30 centimeters per year. But uh, they, they seem to be developing some new technology, 
and find they're finding a way to kind of reduce the flow, change the flow of the water and be able to save it and delay that and hopefully get it where it only loses 30 centimeters per decade instead of per year. So there's a lot of science behind it as well and I think that's fascinating. And we'll take a look at some of that stuff in the bonus part. Plus, as I said, we'll take a look at the dark side, the crime, the suicide, the Central Park connection as well, and so much more. So join us in the bonus part and thank you for joining us in this episode of FYI.